You're listening to a cut segment from our larger podcast, The UFL Update. If you like what you hear, why not check out the full episode? Link in description. We're going to do some quick QB rankings real quick uh, and, and break down, you know, who I think is the best out of the projective starters in the UFL. And this is this is a segment I've been excited to get into for quite some time, and I'm glad we're closing out the show with it tonight. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, I posted these on my Instagram and on my Twitter accounts at UFL Update and at USFL Update still, uh, respectively. You can follow over there for for live updates for breaking for all sorts of content that you know you're not going to get on this podcast. But I appreciate most of you coming over from there to watch this. I'm sure you're following. Um, so yeah, let's let's go through the list. At number one, I've got Jordan Tamu uh, of the DC Defenders. Number two, Luis Perez. Uh, number three, Case Cookus. Four, Jamar Smith. Quentin Dormady, E.J. Perry, Nick Tiano, and then Reed Sinet as our final, um, or, or rounding out the list there. Um, so a so couple quick things to notice. Generally, I have the XFL guys at the top of this list. It, it, the top two are Jordan Tamu and Luis Perez. And that's not a shot at, like, Jamar or Case. I think both of those guys are very capable and have the upside. But... With Perez especially, I, I feel like he's got that like X factor, you know, almost the Tom Brady gene where, you know, he was able to come into Arlington and make that a winning team so fast uh, and turn that around in a situation where it didn't really seem like they were going to do much of anything that season and then they go and win the championship. So I think you've got to give him credit there. That's why he's so high on the list. Uh, Ta'amu is a guy who we've seen in the USFL in season one. We saw him in the XFL in Season 2, and now he's coming back for a third year. He's a dynamic quarterback. He can play. He can run. He can throw. You know, he's so electric to watch. And I think that having him back for a third year and a second year in that D.C. offense, he's only going to get better. You know, it's the same system. It's the same head coach. Uh, Reggie Barlow is going to have his guys ready. And so I think knowing that going into the season, that's why Ta'amu is so high on the list. Uh so yeah, second, I already touched on Luis Perez. He's got that X factor, and not to mention he's a spring he's a spring football legend, spring football veteran, just as much as Tamu is. He played in the USFL in season one. He played in the XFL, I think back in 2020, in the XFL last year, of course, too. I want to say he played in the AAF, um, but he he's been everywhere. You know, he's he's been in these spring leagues for a while. He's a veteran guy. He knows what he's doing, and you're returning in Bob Stoops' offense for the next year. Uh, you saw what he did last season with just a couple weeks to prepare and get to know the team. And now coming back in, but this time he's got plenty of time to prepare. He's got the pieces around him. I think he's going to be the second best guy. I don't think at the end of the season, we might not be saying that. But going into it, you have to pay respect to Luis for everything he's done. Case Cook is at number three. Obviously, you know, he is a. He is a stud. I feel very good about the top six guys in this list, especially, you know, Case Cookis. I mean, he's a stud. I can't justify him above Jordan Ta'amu and Luis Perez because, A, in Luis's case, Cookis hasn't been able to get get it done, you know, with the Stars and and win a championship. But also, he's moving to a new team. Uh, both one and two on this list are in the same offensive systems with the same coach and the same personnel around them. But Cookus is going from playing in Michigan to now playing in Memphis. 
I, I know he was on Philadelphia, but playing in Memphis with a new coach, new team, new system. And I think there's a lot of upside with that Memphis offense. So there's potential for Case to be the best quarterback by the end of the season, but there's also potential he gets off to a rocky start. Uh, so I, I've got him at three for right now, um, but you know that, that could change as the season goes on. Number four, Jamar. Um, obviously coming off of that injury last year, but you saw what he did in season one of the USFL. He won a championship with the Stallions. Uh, he hadn't been in the spring, league, spring leagues as much as you know the one and two guys, but Jamar's got history with Skip Holtz. He's been in his office offense uh, at Louisiana Tech. He's been in it for a couple years at the Stallions. He knows it inside and out, and you've got the same pieces coming back around him. Bo Scarborough, C.J. Merrill. We've talked enough about the Stallions. Smith is going to do just fine uh, in the new offense. Number five, Quentin Dormady. He's in the bottom half. I, I hate to do it, but Dormady's a dog. Like He's a great QB, but in the same way that I couldn't justify Kukas over Perez or Ta'amu, I can't put Dormady over... Jamar or or any of the other guys because he's swapping into a new system. He did play for the Guardians last year, who were abysmal for the XFL. But moving into a new system in San Antonio, you know, I I just think that that's the right fit. I think that he's the right guy for the job, and I think that Wade Phillips uh, and everybody everybody there is gonna have him ready. Uh, there's not too too many pieces around him from San Antonio that are returning that I love, but the fact that they brought in Cody Latimer with him, um, and that was one of the best connections last season uh, from the XFL, knowing that that duo is going to be staying the same gives me a lot of confidence, and I think there's a lot of upside for Dormity too. Uh, EJ Perry, number six. Some people might not like this. Um, the Panthers, I think, have a ton of upside in this season, but there's also an ability for it to all kind of crumble. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about EJ Perry. He had an electric two games with Michigan last year. He got thrown into the fire. He started week 10 and started in the playoff game, Done, did all this amazing stuff, but he only played two games, you know, and then he goes off to the NFL. He does a little bit, uh, comes back. He finally re-signs with the team a couple times, and he should be good again this year, but we have such a small sample size that I can't justify him against any of the other five. You know, we the, he might have the most upside out of any of the five. There's there's potential if he plays like he did those two games, he could be the best QB in the league. There's there's, I, I feel that way about all six of those guys. You know, there's there's the potential for them to be that guy, but because we don't know enough about Perry yet, um, I can't really make that snap call and say okay, he's better than Dormady, he's better than Smith, um, but I can say. He's better than Nick Tiano. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Spots 7 and 8, I don't know these guys well enough. Um, Reed Sinnett, I believe, played with the Dolphins for a bit um, and the Eagles for a bit in the NFL. He was with the Brahmas last season. I I don't I don't know what Houston's doing at QB. I've got Reed at 8. Um, and I, I don't know why they wouldn't continue with a guy like Kenji Bahar unless there's some off-the-field issues or there's some contractual issues, but their their choice to not go and pick up somebody in the super drafts and then get Reed in, in free agency like this, it's kind of questionable to me. He played for the Brahmas last year. I don't remember him being particularly good, but I'm going to need to see him in an offense, which I feel like is going to be very dedicated to the run. 
I would be shocked if Reed just goes and lights up the league, but it's possible, you know, preseason legend. Um, and I've, I've had a lot of people getting, getting pushback on this, saying that he's going to do better. And then I, I think the Battlehawks are in an interesting position. You obviously, you, you've got head coach Anthony Beck back. You're expecting A.J. McCarron to come back. Hopefully the, the free agency window closes. Rosters are finalized in four days uh, from the time of recording. So knowing that you are so close uh, to getting him back and having your like MVP star and stuff, but you also got Nick Tiano, Nick Tiano, who who's a solid who's a solid QB. That I I had no hate there, you know. Um, but I just haven't seen enough film to be honest. Uh, uh, he's an XFL guy who wasn't the main guy last year, uh, and I'm gonna need to see a lot out of him. I think that the pieces around him they're there. The receiving core at St. Louis is extremely strong, uh, and the offensive scheme obviously you know they're gonna they're gonna come out strong, but. It's concerning to me that St. Louis obviously was expecting AJ to come back, and this guy's still on the roster. You know he's there, but it's obviously not their first choice. You know you would you would love for AJ to come back, but because of that, they didn't go out of their way to go get another one of these guys. They didn't pick up Kenji Bahar in free agency or um, what's what's his name. They didn't go pick up Troy Williams. Uh, they let Memphis get him, who Memphis has got the most stacked QB room in the entire league. So knowing that he's kind of their second option, I, I don't know how much faith there is. There, there's got to be some, I guess, in the Battlehawks franchise in Nick Tiano. But me personally, I haven't seen enough of him. But, you know, go shock the world. Go prove me wrong. Thanks for listening to this segment of the UFL Update. If you want to hear more, check out the full episode link in description.